Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. How appropriate as we've been in the series, The Waiting Room. And... uh I don't mind when weights are that, you know, short, but how many know life's not always that way? I bet you many of you are still waiting for things that you believe God has for you. Many of you are still waiting for clarity in areas of life. Many of you are still waiting for people you've been interceding and praying for to finally surrender to the goodness of God as revealed in Jesus. And so life brings to all of us times of waiting. Today we're going to conclude this series, but also just sort of cap the year off with a message that I've titled, Time to Ascribe. Time to Ascribe. I want to read from Psalm 68. Psalm 68, beginning in verse 32, is my main text this morning. This is a psalm of David. You know, the psalms have been used as patterns of prayer for prayers throughout the centuries. But oftentimes it's neglected that these prayers were sung. And you never want to forget that. Because to you, praise and singing might not not hold great weight yet. But to God, it holds great weight. And for followers of Jesus, praise and the praise of God's people holds great weight in God's eyes and to what God desires. And so we pray the Psalms, but you need to also remember these songs were sung. They were hymns. They were spiritual songs. And so in Psalms 68 verse 32, it says, Sing to God. You kingdoms of the earth. Oh, sing praises to the Lord. Selah. To him who rides on the heaven of heavens, which were of old, indeed, he sends out his voice, a mighty voice. Ascribe strength to God. His excellence is over Israel. And His strength is in the clouds. Verse 35. O God, You are more awesome than Your holy places. The God of Israel is He who gives strength and power to His people. Blessed be God. Again, I'm going to preach a message today titled, Time to Ascribe. And if you'll lean in, and give some feedback, we'll get out of here pretty early. (laughs) But if you're not responsive, and you turn me into a a bulldog this morning, then I'm going to start going after us. And, And until we get responsive to what God wants to do in our heart. Amen. Time to ascribe. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that we gather in your presence because of Jesus. 
It's in Him and through Him that you are known. We thank you for the beauty that the name of Jesus represents. And we ask, Holy Spirit, you would reveal the majesty and the might, the beauty of the name of Jesus to hearts and minds and the situations today, to those here, to those streaming, to those listening. I yield to you, Holy Spirit, the best I know how, that Christ would be manifested. For it's Him we need, it's Him we need to hear from, it's Him we need to see, it's Him we need to encounter. It's in His name, Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been fortunate to to travel a good bit and, and see some awesome, holy places of God. Some places that have been built and erected as meeting places for mankind to encounter God. Many of those, of course, were designed or, you know, planned by an architect who was a follower of Jesus, who was a person of God and began to use the talents and the gifts and their education God gave them to design cathedrals and meeting places. I think about how thankful we are to God that we've had this meeting place in the years that, you know, we're not still setting up and tearing down in schools and dependent on the school system schedules and where we can meet and things like that. And yet, when I think about our new facility, I have great expectation and great joy and great hope of how much more beneficial it's going to be than this place when it comes to the work of God, to serving you, to serving your family, to serving your friends, to serving the community, to serving people that have not been reached yet, to serving babies that's about to be born in our community or those that have just been born. And when I think about some of the magnificent places and times of God's people encountering Him, I'm reminded what David says here though. Where he says, Oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. When you think about some of the holy places of God, you got to remember that though those places might have been a great joy to you or great appeal to you, God's greater than even those places. Now for some of you, here's what that means. It means some of you have had a difficult journey in learning the ways of God through Jesus Christ. Some of you have had a diff- difficult journey through all the different potential barriers of religion or the different expressions of faith, denominationalism and, and different things. And for you, it's been a difficult journey to, to find a, a, a place where you really sense is biblically accurate and dependent on the Spirit of God Some of you, your journey's been long to bring you to this moment of where God's brought you a dwelling place. And for you, you've been vulnerable. Or maybe at times you have begun to deal with anger or bitterness or hurt because of that journey and because of the failures of people just like you in meeting places of God. And whether it comes to those who, when they think about 
meeting places of God and the sanctuaries of God and the facilities of God have great joy and thankfulness and good memories or whether you, when you think about your journey and you think about such places, you have bad memories, hurts and failures and disappointments. Here's the point David makes. God is greater than our experience in the meeting places and the places themselves. Don't ever forget that God is greater. He is greater. He's more awesome than the holy places. He's more awesome than our letdowns. He's more awesome than our celebrations. And then he makes this point. He says, the God of Israel is He who gives strength and power to His people. I want to talk about the God who gives strength and power to His people today. When it comes to life and the difficulties of life's journey, you and I are going to need strength. We're going to need strength. And notice the psalmist says, it's God who gives strength and power to His people. God gives strength to His people because He knows we're going to need strength. God's well aware of this age. He's well aware of the God of this world, Satan in His kingdom, who despises humanity, who despises all that is beautiful and the good things of God. And God knows our need for strength and therefore God gives strength and power to His people. When it comes to the need of strength, the first thing that you and I need to do is acknowledge it. We need to acknowledge it. The word acknowledge by definition means to express recognition. To express recognition. It's my hope today that the Holy Spirit would inflame our hearts, that we would be able to express recognition that God is greater and more awesome than even His meeting places. That He is even greater than the holy places. But also, it's my desire today that you and I would acknowledge that God gives strength and power to His people. That right in the midst of where you're at in life's journey, that you would begin to acknowledge that God is a God that gives strength and power to His people. What that means is, is God doesn't leave us where we're at. What that means is, is God's not wanting to leave us helpless. He's not wanting to leave us in our weakness, though He knows where we are weak. But we should acknowledge that God gives strength and power to His people. Many of you are familiar with the Scripture, sure, that without knowledge, people perish. And that's true. But quite similar, without acknowledging the knowledge you already know, you can perish as well. You can know there's food in the cupboard and food in the refrigerator, but if you don't acknowledge what you already know and access it, then you can still go hungry. So you can know or have heard before that God gives strength and power to His people, but not be in a place where you're acknowledging it. And is that not what the enemy tries to do in difficult times in our life? 
It's not that we don't know something or we've not heard something, but He just tries to keep us from acknowledging what we've heard and what we know. That we acknowledge our difficulty, but we don't acknowledge that God gives strength and power to His people even in our difficulty. So when you think about this, the first thing is you and I have to begin to acknowledge that God gives strength and power to His people. That God gives strength and power to us. The question then arises, how do you and I acknowledge it? How do you and I acknowledge that God gives strength and power to us, His people? Well, first, we thank it. you got to start thinking right in the midst of the battle, right in the midst of life, right in the midst of your now and this season, that God gives His people strength and power. That's why the psalmist David in Psalm 68, after he says, Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth, oh, sing praises to the Lord, he says, Selah. You know what that means? That means stop, pause, and meditate about what you're saying. you got to take a moment and acknowledge. Acknowledge that it's God who gives strength and power to His people. Secondly, the way we acknowledge it after we think it is we say it. We say it. We talk of it. We say and we talk to ourselves and one another. Hey, God gives strength and power to His people. We talk about who God is. You know, I've moved away from something that I used to hold fast to. I used to hold real fast and preach real strong to us all. That we're just to serve God because He's God. And that's true. But what if God wasn't the good God He is? We would maybe still serve Him because He's God and we're not, but we wouldn't serve Him delightfully. We wouldn't serve Him joyfully. If God is God, but He never does anything for His creation then we might serve Him out of negative fear because He's gone, but we're sure not going to serve Him joyfully. It's going to be a service out of negative type of slavery. Not serving Him because He daily bestows benefits upon His people. What I'm trying to tell you and I is that God is a good God, and because He's a good God, He does good things for us as people that encourages us to want to serve Him more. The more God gives us His strength, the more it encourages us to want to trust and serve Him more. What kind of God is a God that never does anything for us peasants? For us weak humans? That's not a God that you get excited about. You know why some people's not excited about God? Because they're not recognizing or acknowledging that He wants to do good things for them. But when you let God... Do good things for you. You get excited about God. You want to talk about God who gives strength and power to you. You want to tell other people about His goodness and His strength and His power. God is a God that wants to give us good things and the good things we're talking about today is strength and power. So we say it. We talk of it. We also tell God in prayer. 
God wants you and I to express back to Him what we know and trust Him as. He wants us to tell Him in prayer, God, You are a God that gives strength, that gives help, that gives power to me, Your child, to us, Your people. We tell God in prayer, God, I'm trusting that You're not going to leave me in my own strength, but You provide Your strength. That God, you're not going to leave me in, your own, in my own power, but you're going to provide and give me your supernatural power and provision. So we thank it, we say it, we tell God in prayer about it, and then we cease trying to do life just with our own strength. We cease striving to do life in our own strength and power. This is how we acknowledge it. I don't know what the specific area of life right now is the most difficult for you, but you start acknowledging, I'm no longer in this area of life just going to try to do it in my own strength and power. I serve a God who's a good God who gives strength and power to His people. And so now in this area of life, I'm going to engage it with the strength and the power that God provides. I'm not just going to try to depend on my own power, on my own strength. God doesn't want that for me. That's why He says, I give strength and power to my people. Remember Isaiah 40 and verse 29? It says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. I'm going to tell you today, you feel weak, you have no might, then you're in miracle territory, friend. You feel weak, you're aware of your weaknesses, then you're in a perfect position for the strength of God. God don't give strength to those who are strong. He gives strength to those that are weak. So notice that He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, He increases strength. You might feel so weak today, but with God you're the weakest you'll ever be. Because He gives what? He increases strength. I want to mention several types of people God gives strength to. You ready? The first is God gives strength to the disadvantaged and the oppressed. I don't know the context of your upbringing. I don't know the different barriers of Satan that works through government or society or people our family lineages and cultures that have tried to bar you out of opportunities. But what I know is, is regardless of how many things have been stacked against you and how many doors the enemies tried to lock around you, that God gives strength to the disadvantaged and the oppressed. When God sees a person who is facing unsurmountable odds because of oppression and disadvantage, God says there is a person I want to pour my strength and power on. There is a person that I want to strengthen. In Psalms 46 and verse 1, the sons of Korah said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Notice God is a present help in the trouble. He's a present help in the disadvantage. He's a present help in the oppression and the things stacked against you. He is present right there in it. And He wants to give strength and power to those who are facing it. Isaiah 25 and verse 4 says, For you have been a strength to the poor. The very first thing that Jesus quotes from Isaiah that the anointing and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit was upon Him was to preach the gospel to the poor. And the poor there is not the people that are poor because they're lazy. It's not the people that are poor because of their own constant bad decisions. It's the poor because of oppression. It's the poor because of disadvantages. It's the poor because of systems that have tried to lock people out of what God has for them. And the good news is, is God gives such a person strength and power to overcome which they and their own ability can overcome. Jesus tells the parable about the widow dealing with the judge. And that a system and a judge who, who didn't care about the widow's needs. But because her persistence in believing that God helps those in their time of trouble... She saw God enable her to prevail even against an unjust judge. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 25, 4. You have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat, for the blast of the terrible ones is a storm against the wall. God is a strength for the poor and a strength to the needy. So God gives power and strength to the disadvantaged and oppressed. Secondly, God gives strength to those physically weak. To those physically weak. To those that are experiencing sickness, disease, affliction. God gives strength to the physically weak. In 2 Samuel 22 and 40, it says, For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Some of you, sickness has rose up against you, rose up against your home. Afflictions, diseases. But notice, God arms us with strength for that battle to fight the good fight of faith against such things. God provides strength to you and I when we are physically weak. Next, God provides strength to the mentally weak. To those that are mentally struggling, to those who are emotionally overwhelmed, God provides strength to the mentally weak. In Isaiah 41 and verse 10, God says through the prophet, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So often, when we struggle mentally or emotionally, it's because of fear. That's why Paul, when he writes to his son in the faith, Timothy, he reminds him, he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Watch this, love and a sound mind. Meaning, the spirit of fear affects mental stability. It affects being able to be wise and sound in judgment of mind. And God says, fear not, for I'm with you. And because I'm with you, I will give you strength when you are mentally weak, when you are emotionally overwhelmed. 
God doesn't want to leave you mentally weak. God doesn't want to leave you emotionally overwhelmed. Why? Because when we are weak and overwhelmed, then God can't utilize us to help others who are weak and overwhelmed. And so God gives us strength when we're mentally overwhelmed so that we can also encourage others when they're weak that God gives strength and power to His people even when we're in seasons where we're mentally and emotionally weak. Next, God <clears throat> gives strength to those weak in resisting temptation. He gives strength to those that are weak in resisting temptation. In Isaiah 59 and verse 19 it says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy comes in like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Notice that. When the enemy seeks to use enticements and opportunities and our own lusts and our own vulnerabilities to do what? To come in like a flood and tempt us. Notice what God does. God wants to lift up a standard against Him. God doesn't want to leave us in our own power fighting Satan's power and temptation. God wants to provide power and strength to you and I in the areas that we're being tempted. The Lord doesn't want us on our own fighting temptation. He already knows what humans do on their own fighting temptation. That's what started all this. Even Adam, on their own, tried to deal with the enemy and his temptation, and they failed. God doesn't want us now to, in our own strength, fight the enemy. So He provides strength and power to us in the areas that we're struggling in when it comes to temptation. God provides next strength to those weak in character. Where you're not just dealing with the temptation, but you have had negative character weaknesses formed in your life. Sometimes that can happen because of what's been done to you. Sometimes that can happen because what was passed down to you, your upbringing. Sometimes that happens because of choices you've made. But God wants to give strength to where you and I are weak in character. You remember, I've told you numerous times, God's number one purpose for your life as a follower of Jesus is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. So what that means is, is God wants to provide strength where we're weak in character and currently not like Jesus to become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's why in Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith, one of the things the writer of Hebrews highlights about those, you know, and, and the power of faith is he says in Hebrews eleven thirty four, 34, by faith out of weaknesses were made strong. Listen to me. It's not where you and I start in our character. It's where we in our faith and trust in God allow Him to strengthen and make us like Christ in our character that matters. 
You maybe, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, didn't even have the common skills of character because of your upbringing. Maybe you didn't even know how to respect those in authority. You didn't know how to say yes and no and be polite. And you had all types of character weaknesses. It doesn't matter where you start though because God gives strength and power for where we're weak in character to make us strong with the character of Christ. Hallelujah. Psalm 138.3 says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. From the moment you cry out and say, God, don't leave me like this. God, don't leave this type of character in my life. God begins to provide strength for our soul. A boldness to say, it doesn't matter how I started. It doesn't matter the weaknesses I started with in character. That's not where I'm going to stay and where I'm going to end up. Hallelujah. So God provides strength and power to His people, to the disadvantaged, to the oppressed, to those that are physically weak, to those that are mentally and emotionally weak, to those that are currently weak and resisting a certain temptation, to those that are weak in character. So number one, you got to acknowledge it. you got to acknowledge your weaknesses, but you got to acknowledge that God gives power and strength to His people. Did you know a person who acknowledges their weaknesses and their need for God's strength is stronger than the one living in their own strength? A weak person who acknowledges their weakness but acknowledges that God will give them strength and power is stronger than a person who's living in their own strength. That's the power of acknowledging it. But after we acknowledge it, second, we want to acquire it. Acquire by definition means to come into possession of it. you got to acknowledge that God gives power and strength to His people. But we don't want to just talk about it. We want to then know the power of what we're talking about and believe that God does. We want to come into possession of that strength. We want to experience that strength and power. How do you and I acquire and come in to possession of the strength and power that God gives? First, through the knowledge of God. The more you and I grow in our knowledge of God, the more you and I will grow in experiencing the strength of God. In Proverbs 24 and verse 5 it says, A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases what? Strength. The more your knowledge of God increases, the more your experience of the strength of God increases in your experience. The more you know that God is not a God who's just wanting to leave us helpless, leave us in our time of trouble, leave us in our character flaws and weaknesses, the more you grow and know, no, God wants to daily bestow benefits on you and I as His people. He wants to daily strengthen us. He wants to provide daily power for you and I. The more we grow in our knowledge of God, the more we'll experience the strength and power that He longs to give us. So the more you know the God who gives strength to His people, the more your strength increases. Secondly, we acquire it through the Scriptures or the written Word of God. The written Word of God. You remember Apostle John? He, as an elder of elders, at the end of his life, he begins to write epistles. And in 1 John, he writes to 
the people of God and he like a spiritual doctor diagnoses the stages of spiritual development that we walk people through in growth phases. And he talks about how people are either children in the faith, young men or young women in the faith, or fathers and mothers in the faith. And he highlights that in order to move from being a child or a babe in Christ, in order to be a young man and a young woman spiritually in the faith, he talks about the role of the Word of God. In 1 John 2.14, here's what he says. He says, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known Him who is from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, here it is, because you are strong. Now, they're not strong in their own strength. They're strong in the faith. How did they acquire their strength that God wanted to give them? Watch this. And the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. See, when you acknowledge that God gives strength, and then you know the method He's chosen for you to acquire and possess it, then you can experience it. And when you experience the strength and power that God gives you, you become more stable in your walk. You begin to overcome the wicked one and his temptations and his tactics to keep you weak and ineffective in following Jesus and being a blessing to other people. So the Word of God. It's just like when you eat, you feel stronger. Well, when you eat and read the Word of God, you get stronger. you got to keep putting in the Word of God in your heart, before your eyes, in your mind, in your life. So we acknowledge it, we acquire it, we acquire it through the knowledge of God, we acquire it through the Scriptures and the Word of God, but we also acquire it through the voice of the Lord. When the Holy Spirit speaks and communicates something specifically to us. In Psalms 29, the psalmist says in verse 4 and 11, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The Lord will give strength, verse 11, to His people. Here it is. The Lord will bless His people with peace. See, the Lord gives us strength through His voice. His voice is the voice that created the heavens and the earth. It's His Word that holds all things together. And you might feel weak and that all things are falling apart, but if you'll hear the voice of the Lord, it will hold all things together. He'll hold you together while you wait. While you wait trusting. The things the Lord says to us strengthens us. Some of you are thinking at times, how am I going to be able to do it? The Lord's how you're going to be able to do it. How are you going to be able to overcome? How are you going to be able to stand, having done all, stand? How are you going to be able to endure? How are you going to be able to experience weaknesses made strong? The Lord's how you're going to do it. Why? Because the Lord will give you strength for it. And notice what He says. That because the Lord's voice gives us strength and power, and because the Lord is with us, this gives us peace. See, He says, the Lord will give strength to His people, and because I know He'll give strength to me, that gives me peace. 
It doesn't give me all the details of how He's going to do it, when He's going to do it all, but it gives me peace knowing He's going to give me strength while I'm waiting. He's going to give me strength in the battle. He's going to give me strength in the process. And just knowing God gives me strength gives me a peace. A peace. So it might not give us all the answers, but it gives us peace while we're waiting, trusting. You remember when the angel came to Mary and said, you found favor? You're about to have a child? And she said, how will this be? I don't know no man. He said, the Lord will overshadow you and you'll bring forth a son. Mary said, how? The Lord's how. The Lord's how. And some of you are like Mary. You're saying, how? I never started a business before. I've I've never been married before and I'm a newlywed. I've never been a parent before and I've been blessed now with this new child. I've never transitioned jobs before. I've never moved to a new city before and here I am in, in Woodstock. And you're saying, Lord, how? The Lord is, is how? He's going to provide strength and power to you. That's how. In 1 Chronicles 16, 11, it says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. See, listen, this goes back to what I said earlier. Yes, we should seek God because He's God and there's none like Him. But if He's not a good God, we're not going to be that motivated to seek Him. Notice here, the Scripture attaches your pursuit in seeking God to the awareness and the acknowledgement that He's got strength waiting for you. It says, seek the Lord and His strength. There ain't nothing wrong seeking God for His benefits. That's why He's God, to benefit you and I, and we're not God. We need God's benefits. So why have a false humility of saying that I don't need God's benefits? I need God's favor in my life. I need God's benefit of His strength in my life. I need the benefit of the blood of Jesus in my life. I need the benefit of God's wisdom in my life. I seek God because He's God, but I really seek Him because I found that He's not just God, but He's a good God. And He gives strength and power to us as people. So why wouldn't I want to seek Him when He's just got strength and power waiting for me? He doesn't have a word that says, I'm going to leave you in your weakness. He doesn't have a word that says, I'm going to leave you helpless in what you're struggling with. No, He's got Himself and His strength and power waiting to help us, to help the needy, to help the oppressed, to help the physically weak, to help the mentally overstimulated and struggling. He's got power ready for you and I. So the scripture says, seek the Lord in His strength, seek His face evermore. Notice it says to seek the face. Well, guess what? Jesus is the face of God. Jesus is the face of God. He's the image of God. Scripture makes this clear. So when the scripture says, seek the Lord in His strength, seek His face, we now know because of the new covenant, what that means is is seek Jesus and seek what He's done. Because Paul then writes the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1.23, I think they have it. He says, we don't preach ourselves. We're not saying you can come to us for strength. Listen, I don't have enough strength for my son, much less every one of you wonderful congregants. I don't have the strength for your needs. I don't have the strength to save your family. 
I don't have the strength to heal your marriage. I don't have the strength to build your company. I don't have the strength for you to trust God through the transition and the process. But Jesus does. And Paul says that's why we're not preaching ourselves, but we're preaching the face of God, Jesus, but not just preaching Jesus who's always known strength, who's never known hardships, who's never faced weaknesses. We preach Christ crucified. We preach one who took our place, who experienced our position, who experienced our disadvantage, that when He went on the cross, all that favor He always knew and walked in, and the protection that the Father had lifted off Him. And the enemy assaulted him. And the bulls of Bashan surrounded him. And the Gentile dogs wagged their tongues at him. And the wrath of God poured upon him because his, our sin he took. And he says, we preach Christ and Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness, but to us who are called through the message of the gospel, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the way you and I acquire the strength and the power is in the face of God Jesus, but seeing Christ crucified. The King of glory made weak, so you and I now can know His strength. The King of glory becoming our weakness of character, so you and I can know His character of righteousness. Him becoming sick, so you and I can know His divine power of healing. Him being overwhelmed and feeling forsaken and saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the torments on the mind so that you and I can know shalom and peace of mind. See, the cross is where our weaknesses get crossed out by experiencing and acquiring His strength. See, if you make a mathematical equation and you add up all your weaknesses and struggles, and then you put plus the cross and equal, all you get is His strength and power and victory. The cross crosses out our weaknesses by His strength and power. So we got to acknowledge it. Secondly, we got to acquire it. And lastly, thirdly, we have to ascribe it. Go back to our main text in Psalm 68, verse 32. It says, Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises to the Lord, Selah. To Him who rides on the heaven of heavens, which were of old, indeed He sends out His voice, a mighty voice. Here it is, verse 34. Ascribe what? Strength to God. His excellence is over Israel, and His strength is in the clouds. The word ascribe is the Hebrew word Nathan. Nathan. And it means to report and utter that God is strong and powerful. Notice, we got to acknowledge our weaknesses, but that God gives strength and power to His people, then we got to acquire it, but then we got to ascribe it. 
that when you and I experience the strength and the power of God, when we experience His life in us overcoming would try to keep us captive, when we experience His strength when we were weary, when our hands are strengthened in the battle, when we experience His victory, we ascribe it. We ascribe strength to God. What does that mean? We don't take the glory. We don't take the credit. We don't say it's because of the strength of my own legs. I live the life that I live. We ascribe our strength to God. Listen, this is the question for you. Where are you currently ascribing strength to? Some of you, maybe you're still trying to ascribe and report that the strength for life is in you. It's in your upbringing. It's in your education. It's in your accomplishments. The psalmist says, no, no, no. we got to ascribe strength to God. Not to ourselves, but to God. Listen, this is why, you know, people, of course, may big time in the secular world and in businesses, they begin to review, you know, at the end of the year and begin to set goals and things for 2024. But as people of God, this is why having exceedingly excellent goals are important. Because if you don't have exceedingly excellent and big goals, then you can do it on your own. And if you can do it on your own, you're going to ascribe daily that the strength and power to accomplish the goal is found in you. we got to have some excellent and some exceedingly great goals that we know if it's not for the strength and power of God, there's not a chance. But we His people know that God says, Hey, i got some goals and plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and it's not going to be by your might, it's not going to be by your own will, it's not going to be by your own resolve, it's not going to be by your own strength, but by my Spirit saith God. It's going to be by the cloud of the Lord, because in the cloud is the strength and the power of God for you and I that need His strength and power. Think about Moses and the people after the Red Sea crossing. Think about it. They're out of Egypt, but Egypt's not out of their life. Pharaoh's army's still in pursuit. And they're hemmed up and hedged in. The enemy coming one way, a large body of water on the other side of them, and they don't know how they're going to get out, how they're going to make it through the transition, how they're not going to end up back where they were at and worse than they were before. But God provided strength and power. God made a way when there wasn't a way. And in Exodus 15, 1-2, after Moses and the people crossed the Red Sea, on dry ground, it says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider He has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. He is my God. 
and I will praise Him. See, that's the God you want to say, that's my God. My God's a God that provides strength when I'm weak, that provides a way when there's not a way, that provides power when I need power. That's my God. He says, He is my God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. Notice what they did. They ascribed it. They ascribed their strength and their victory to God. That's what you and I should do. And you know how you ascribe it? By praising and declaring it. You know how I know some of you still live so often in your own strength? Because I know if you don't praise God when we gather together and there's other people praising and the Spirit of God's moving forward, then I know you're not praising God when you're by yourself. If you can't praise God in the midst of the brethren and people, God, you sure ain't going to be praising God when you're alone. And the more you get people praising God corporately, the more we'll experience His strength to praise God privately. Then you have this whole move of God happening throughout the week where individually we're praising God. So we come into the gathering already been praising God, ascribing our strength to God. And so now you have people entering already filled with God. And that just helps more people when they come in not filled with God, get filled with God. And the body begins to grow and build up itself. And it's a never-ending circuit of God's power and strength on His people. Hallelujah. In Psalms 84, come on, man, verse 5, the psalmist says, Blessed is the man, the person whose strength is in you. Listen, you don't walk in, you and I don't walk in the blessing when we ascribe strength to ourselves. We walk in the favor and the blessing of God when we ascribe our strength in, to God. It says our strength and trust is in God's strength and ability, not our strength and ability. It said, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers with pools. Here it is, watch this. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. We, when we ascribe our strength to God, we go from His strength to more of His strength. That's why... Proverbs says the path of the righteous winds upward because God's strength just keeps winding us up more into the high places He has called us to in Christ, to the heritage of Jacob, to run and not grow weary. We begin to take flight like the eagle again, renewed in strength when we ascribe that God is our strength, when we ascribe and utter that God gives His people power. In Psalm 59, 17, it says, To you, O my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my defense, my God of mercy. When you ascribe that God is your strength, when you ascribe that the power to succeed in life is in God, then watch this, you will sing praises to Him. There's no other way around it. What I'm trying to tell you is silence actually speaks volume. Silence actually speaks volume that you're not ascribing that God is your strength and power. 
Because the Scripture says when the people of God praise Him, then God's manifest presence comes. And in His manifest presence is power and strength. That's why people live longer in the Old Testament. Because God's manifest presence used to be all over the earth. Satan's kingdom wasn't set, set up. The tangible life of God was there. But the further we get, got from Eden, and the more Satan's kingdom that steals, kills, and destroys through sickness and disease and destruction, you see the effects. But in His manifest presence, there's strength and power. And when we praise, and God's presence begins to move, we're strengthened. We're strengthened in His presence. His revealed, manifest presence. This is the generous nature of God. That as we ascribe our strength and power to God and praise Him, we actually get benefited by praising God. Did you know your tongue affects your being? And when we have the praises of God upon our tongue, we experience benefits of God. Listen, in the Spirit, everything's always okay. Get in the Spirit. And watch a joy unspeakable, full of glory, fill your life regardless of what you're going through. Get in the Spirit and watch a peace that surpasses all understanding. Get in your heart no matter what you're facing. Get in the Spirit and watch the optimism of God begin to fill your life. And says, I'm facing and I'm in the valley of Baca and weeping, but God, I ascribe my strength to. But God gives power to when I'm weak. See, silence summons the attacks of the enemy. Because the enemy sees there's one that's not ascribing their strength and power in God. So the enemy sees there's a vulnerable one. That's why when Peter wrote his epistle, said the devil walks to and fro on the earth looking for whom he may devour. The devil can't devour one living in praise because praise is the way we keep ascribing that my strength is in God. My power comes from God. Favor and my help comes from God. But the silent one, the enemy says, there's one, I'm going to attack him. There's one dependent on the, their own strength. And so what I'm trying to tell you and I is as a congregation, individually, as a family in our home, it's time to ascribe to God that He is our strength, that He is our power, that He helps us in our weaknesses, whether it's weaknesses of character, whether it's weaknesses in our flesh physically, whether it's weaknesses mentally and emotionally, whether it's weaknesses we're facing through oppression and disadvantage, we're going to ascribe to God that He is our strength and He is our power. Today, why don't you just acknowledge where you're weak and then acknowledge, but He's strong today. Today, why don't you just acquire and access His strength through the person of Jesus Christ. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today's the day. Jesus publicly showed and demonstrated His love for you 
by taking your sin, your weaknesses upon the cross so that He can exchange your current life for His life and He'll make you new and He'll give you a new relationship with God. Why don't you ascribe and report and utter that God is strong and He's your strength and power every day, day by day, and He's your strength and power for 2024. And we need to do this with praise. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here today, you say, Pastor Chad, the Lord is speaking to me. Something is happening. God's communicating to me. If that's you, I want to partner with what God's doing in your life. I want to pray for you. If that's you, if you'll put your hand up so I can see it and back down. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Maybe you're watching right there. Just acknowledge it. Look to the glory of God in the face of Jesus' finished work to acquire it. Hallelujah. Father, I thank You that You're a good God, that You're a perfect Father, that You've not prepared a plan and a path for us to fail and not succeed in Your will. But Lord, You want us to walk in the plans You have for us. And therefore, You give us strength, You give us Your power to help us step by step on this journey, to trust You, to look to You. I ask Holy Spirit that You would continue to form a people that will ascribe to God their strength, ascribe to God that their power and strength to prevail comes from You. That we would not lean on our own understanding, that we would not depend upon our own strength of our legs and ability, but Lord, we would receive in Jesus Christ the strength and power that You give. And that we would be a people of praise in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.